Well, good morning, everyone. Hope everybody's had a wonderful week. We're going to take some time just to worship the Lord this morning. Today, we're going to be focusing on Christ and His payment uh, for us, uh, those who believe in Him and those who choose to not believe in Him. But we're so thankful today, those of us as believers, that we can focus on Christ's death on the cross and resurrection as payment for our sins. So today we're going to be singing, Jesus Paid It All. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small, child of weakness watch and pray. God, help us to remember that it is about your payment, um, God, and nothing we can add to it, Lord, and nothing we can take away from it. God, I pray if there's anybody listening today who is trying to add to your payment or take away from it, God, that today they would choose to accept your death and resurrection, Lord Jesus, as the full payment before it's too late. Uh, God, those of us who have accepted that as payment for our sins, I pray that we show that light and truth continually. Um, Be with us as we prepare to listen to the message. Um, Open our hearts and our minds, Lord, for what you want to say to us this morning. And we love you and thank you for who you are. In your name we pray. 
Amen. All right, this morning we're going to continue on in 2 Thessalonians. We've got down as far as verse number 5. We're going to try to get through verse 10 in chapter 1 today. And we are talking about God's payday. There is coming a day when God will pay each person according to his or her faith in Jesus Christ. You remember that the, the Thessalonians had been falsely told that the trouble that they were going through was the Great Tribulation. And as we'll see, particularly in chapter 2, Paul makes it plain to them that they're not going through the Great Tribulation. It's common for the church to go through tribulation on this earth. And we saw last time that that's used by God to test our faith and to prove our faith genuine. But as we'll see in chapter 2, there's some definite marks that are different about the great tribulation. And uh, God made sure that we would know when, when the great tribulation comes that there'd be no doubt. I believe that it's plain in Scripture that the church won't be here during that time. But we see that as Paul continues on here, he lets them know that there is coming a day when those that have troubled the church will be repaid with trouble of their own. And that will be the Great Tribulation. And that will be far worse than what you and I are going through. And we also see here that he reminds us that those of us that have faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior will also be paid, and we'll be paid with an everlasting rest. There'll be no more trouble for us. Uh, one day, it'll all be over. We start here in verse number 6 today. Um, First Thessalon Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 6, says, Seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. Now, recompense just means to pay for or to pay back. God pays his debts. And he says here that he's going to pay the people that trouble the church. He's going to pay them with trouble. In Romans 12, verse 19, the Bible says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. He tells us here that it's a righteous thing with God to do this. God always does what's right because he is righteous. And for him to pay his debts and to pay people what they've earned, is the right thing for him to do. Romans chapter 2, verses 5 through 11 says, But after thy hardness and impotent heart treasures up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuance in well-doing, seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are <clears throat> contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. 
tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God. God doesn't play favorites and he doesn't play politics. He knows our deeds and he will pay all of us according to that. Uh, Romans 12 verse 17 reminds you and me though that even though it's a righteous thing with God to repay people for um, the, the, the wrong things that they do, it's not righteous with you and me. That's God's business. Uh, Romans 12, 17 says, Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. So while it's righteous for God to repay evil people for what they've done, it's not with you and me. Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount, Judge not that you be not judged. So we need to leave that up to God. Notice he says that he's going to uh, pay them with trouble. He said the people that are troubling you now, as he's talking to the church at Thessalonica, he says those people, God will repay them with trouble or with tribulation. Uh, Jeremiah twenty-five fourteen says, For many nations and great kings shall serve themselves of them also, and I will recompense them according to their deeds and according to the works of their own hands. Also in Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 29, we read, Call together the archers against Babylon, all ye that bend the bow. Camp against it round about. Let none thereof escape. Recompense her according to her work, according to all that she hath done. Do unto her, for she hath been proud against the Lord, against the Holy One of Israel. Now when you read in Revelation, you read about uh, the destruction of Babylon. Uh, and there has been a destruction to the Babylon in the past that was a world power at one time. But the mystery Babylon that you read about in Revelation still exists. The, the evil spiritual ruler of this world that uses all of those evil things that was used in Babylon in its day still, still exists. Uh, the spiritual part of it is the world system that leaves God out and, and is running this world and, and doesn't want God to be any part of it. And we read in Revelation that one day that will be destroyed as well as the 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 economy of Babylon and the physical part of this world system. And I really believe that's what Babylon will be in the end time, is just the, the world system that just is headed up by Satan and, and has no place for God. But he, he assures us here that, that that will come to an end and that there will be a day of trouble <clears throat> for those that trouble God's people. But he also says in this day that there will be a payment to, to the church and a payment to the saints, a payment to the people of God. And he tells us here in verses 7 and 8 that he's going to give rest to us. In verse 7 he says, And to you who are troubled, rest with us. Now as Paul writes this, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, 
he says, not only will God one day pay trouble to those that are troubling you now, but he will also pay us, and he includes himself and the people that are with him, because he's talking about all of the church, not just the Thessalonians, but the church throughout history. All of the saints of God, he says, you will be repaid with rest. So, as I've said before, right now, this is as bad as it'll ever get for the believer. Because when we leave this world, we're going to a place of perfect rest, perfect peace. No more trouble, no more sorrow, no more sadness, no more sickness. <clears throat> but to the unbeliever, this is as good as it'll ever be. Because when they leave this world, they're going to an eternity of, of torment and what the Bible calls the second death. So one day there will be rest for you and me. He says, uh, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus. Now, when will this take place? He makes it plain here that it will be at the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ, the day of the Lord. Uh, remember, God's day always begins with night and ends with day. The day of the Lord starts with trouble and tribulation and ends with eternal peace and rest. The, read about it in Revelation chapters 4 through chapters chapter 19. Uh, it's a time of trouble coming to the earth. When the Lord shall be revealed, he says, from heaven. He'll be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. If you read through the book of Revelation, you'll see that, that Jesus Christ is revealed as the, the ruler, the Lord of all, the judge of all. Uh, he, he meets out his judgment upon the people of earth. And his mighty angels are his instruments that he uses uh, throughout the book to mete out this judgment. So that's the day he's talking about. When the Lord comes back the second time, that's when all this will take place. And notice it says he's going to be taking vengeance. Um, Deuteronomy 32 verse 35 says, To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. Also in Deuteronomy, and I'm just reading these to you to help you to get an understanding that God is serious about this. This day that's coming will be a terrible day. Uh, we're in an age of grace now. God's not overlooking sin. Under Christ, his payment that he made on the cross, everybody's sins right now are paid for. All you have to do is believe that and receive that. Believe on him as Lord and uh, as Savior and confess him as Lord. But so many will just refuse. And those that refuse will be judged. And, and you won't go to hell because of all the sinful things you did. People now will go to hell because of their unbelief, because they refuse to believe in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. 
uh, in Deuteronomy 32 also, verse 41 through 43, he says, If I whet my glittering sword, and he's using the word here that means to sharpen, and mine hand take hold of judgment, I will render vengeance to mine enemies and will reward them that hate me. I will make my arrows drunk with blood and my sword shall devour flesh and that the blood of the slain and of the captives from the beginning of revenges upon the enemy. Rejoice, O ye nations, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants and will render vengeance to his adversaries and will be merciful unto his land and to his people. If you're like I am and, you know, you read in the book of Psalms, David was the same way. Uh, men throughout all history have had questions, you know, why, God, do you allow such evil to continue? Well, you can read this and understand that God's not ignoring it. One day it will all be paid for. And notice who he takes judgment upon. It says here he takes judgment upon them that know not God. In Romans chapter 1, beginning with verse 18, you read, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest to them, for God hath showed it unto them, for the visible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Now this tells us here that God has given plenty of evidence that He exists just in His creation alone. And that man can look at creation and know that there is a God. But what He's saying here is that man doesn't want to believe in God. It ain't that they, they don't know or that they're not sure. <clears throat> Lost people just don't want to believe in God. This world does not want to believe in God. So he says here that they hold the truth in unrighteousness. In other words, everything that's wrong, everything that's a lie, they say that's the truth. It says in verse 25, they changed the truth of God into a lie. And so men just don't want to believe in God. They'd rather believe a lie than believe in God. It's just like the theory of evolution. Back when it first started, no more science than people understood. Maybe you could convince somebody that that might be possible. But today, with what we know about DNA, 
and the digital code that's within DNA, uh, there's no way that evolution could be true. And people know that, but yet they continue to teach it as truth. Why? Because they hold the truth in unrighteousness, because they change the truth of God into a lie. Those are people that will be judged, those that know not God. And he doesn't mean that they doesn't know of God, but they don't know him personally. They don't have a relationship with him. The only way you and I can have a relationship with God is through faith in Jesus Christ. Even in our book that we're studying, Second Thessalonians, you read over in chapter 2 as it talks about the Antichrist when he comes and says even him, talking about the Antichrist, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. That's in verse 9 of Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse 10 says, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Now in the Greek that says the lie. And verse 12 says that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. There again, the Antichrist will be one that will continue to do just what's being done today. He will make people believe that his lie is the truth of God. And the people that do not love the truth and want to come to the truth and know God will believe the lie. God will give them what they want. Uh, God will not force people to trust him and believe on him. If you don't want to believe in him, he will give you that. And it says during the tribulation, there will be a time when people will not even consider the truth anymore. They didn't love it. They didn't want it. So they won't even think about it. They'll be ready to believe the lie. Those are the people that will be judged. And he also says that the, the people that will be judged well, it will not only be those that don't know God, but them that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The scriptures tell us in Acts 4.12 that there is salvation in no other one, for neither is there any other name under heaven having been given among men by which we must be saved. And referring to Jesus Christ. There's only one way to be saved, and that's through faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. There's people today that are trying to be saved uh, through all other ways. The scriptures tell us that those ways lead to death. That, that there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. And there are people today that think they're following Jesus, but they're following the wrong Jesus. Jesus said one of the signs that would be uh, around as the end time gets closer is that there'll be many false Christs that will come in his name. And, and every Jesus is not the Jesus of the Bible. Uh, the Jesus of Jesus' calling is not the Jesus of the Bible. If you sit down and open up your mind apart from the word of God, any spirit can speak to your mind and even tell you that their name is Jesus. But it's not the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. You have to be careful about those things.
Be sure that you follow the right Jesus. If you want to be saved, that's the only way. Jesus said of himself, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And notice that here in verse number 9 of our text, he says, Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Notice that those that are punished that don't know God and that don't um, obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, he says they'll be punished with everlasting destruction. That's the wages that God will pay to the unrighteous on God's payday. It'll be everlasting destruction. They'll be from the pre away from the presence of the Lord and away from the glory of his power forever. Revelation 20, verses 14 and 15 says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So if, if your name is not in the book of life, you're going to end up in, a, in the lake of fire for all eternity. And the only way your name can be written in the Lamb's book of life is to put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior, trust his death on the cross as your payment for sins, and put your and confess him as Lord, as the one true God. Uh, believe that he was in the grave for three days and raised, and that he's alive today, and that he is God of all. And, and that's the only way that you can be saved. Uh, Revelation 21 8 says but the fearful and unbelieving pay attention to that and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death you see he mentions here several um, sinful categories of, of things that people can do and he also includes the unbelieving. <clears throat> How many lies does, do you have to tell to be considered a liar? You know, we don't think about sometimes that if you've told one lie, you're a liar. But we should because if you've committed one murder, you're a murderer. You see, all of us have sinned and come short of God's glory. None of us can earn our way to heaven. That's what the world system wants to teach you today, that you can earn your way to heaven or maybe somehow that even though you're not perfect if you if you do pretty good or do better than your neighbor then God will say well you know he tried and he did pretty good I'm going to let him into heaven God's not judging you against your neighbor God's judging you against himself read the ten commandments that's what God's judging you against he still judges us against that same law the only difference is in Christ that law has been fulfilled and now that I can say that, that I know I'm going to heaven, not because I've never sinned, but because Jesus has paid for my sins. And I believe that. And he's paid for yours too. If you'll just believe it, then you can have eternal life. But if you, like the book of Romans says, just decide that you don't want to know God, you don't want to obey his gospel, and you want to hold the truth in unrighteousness, then your eternal fate is the second death in the lake of fire. 
Also notice that there's going to be wages paid to the righteous as well. Uh, in verse 10, he says, When he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Now, in that day, I believe, refers to the day of God's payday, the day of the Lord, the day when this judgment will begin, and the day when God's church will be taken to glory. You see, I believe the Bible teaches that the tribulation won't come until the church is raptured out of this world. And so when that day comes, we will be in heaven. We will be receiving our wages for being righteous in Christ. And at that time, the unrighteous on the earth will receive their wages as well. But our wages will be so much different because it's a day when Christ will be glorified in his saints and be admired by all them that believe. Uh, and he, he tells the Thessalonian church, he says, and you'll be part of it because you believed the testimony that we gave you. So what did they give them? God, uh, Paul preached the gospel to them. He preached that Jesus died for their sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised the third day. That's the gospel. Do you believe that? If you believe that, and you're willing to confess Jesus Christ as Lord, the scriptures say you can be saved. And then on this great payday, you'll receive the rewards and the payment that comes from God to those who are righteous in the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you refuse to believe it, then your, your payment will be uh, what will come to the unrighteous. Uh, let me just read this little portion of scripture here and then we're going to close because this is a picture of what it will be like for those who are righteous on that day in Revelation chapter 5 we read of a scene in heaven and um, the scroll that we will read about I believe is the title deed to the earth it is a scroll that the Lord Jesus Christ will as he begins to open and as we see here in this text that we're about to read, he's the only one that can open it. But when he opens it, that's when the, the trouble the, begins for the unrighteous upon the earth. But notice that in heaven, there are those there that are worshiping him and that are admiring him and he's being glorified by. And I believe that the, the four living creatures that are mentioned here speak of God's creation. And, and I believe that the 24 elders represent the church. Uh, so listen as we read this. And when he took the scroll, talking about Jesus Christ, in heaven now, took the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Remember? Each one having harps and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sing a new song, saying, Worthy are you to receive the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain, and by your blood purchased us to God out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign over the earth. 
And I saw and I heard a sound of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and their number was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a great voice, worthy is the lamb having been slain to receive the power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and in earth and under the earth and the things that are on the sea and the things in all of them, I heard saying to him sitting on the throne and to the Lamb, be the blessing and the honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped the one living forever. So you see, as this day, this payday of God begins, the, the saints and all heaven and all earth, all the creatures in the earth, it says, and under the earth, all at the same time are, are worshiping and giving glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and that's what our text said, in the day when he shall be glorified in his saints and admired uh, in all them that believe. So God's payday is coming. Uh, what will your wages be? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we love you and we thank you and we praise you. Thank you that you have provided a way for us to receive a payment that only the righteous can receive. And it's not because of us. Our righteousness is as filthy, filthy rags. It's because of what the Lord Jesus has done for us. Our, our righteousness comes from him. Um, our old dirty rags are traded in for, for white garments. Uh, as the song said, uh, our, our sins have been washed in the blood of Calvary's Lamb because Jesus paid it all. Thank you so much for that. I pray, Lord, today that anyone that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior would right now in this moment in time just put the, just repent of their sins and, and, and believe on Jesus as Savior and confess him as Lord and be saved. I pray for those of us that are saved that we'll rejoice in the fact that you haven't forgotten us. You know what trouble we're going through and that one day you will trouble them that trouble us. I pray, Lord, that you'll save those out of this world before it's too late. And, Lord, I pray and thank you that you are righteous and that you know the deeds of every person, the heart of every person, and your payment will be just and right. And, Lord, we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. close out our service, we will be singing Jesus Saves. We have heard the joyful sound, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Bear the news to every the steeps and cross the waves. Onward tis our Lord's command. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Sing above the battle strife. 
Jesus saves, Jesus saves by his death and endless life. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, sing it softly through the gloom when the heart for mercy craves. Sing and triumph for the tomb. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, give the winds a mighty voice. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, let the nations now rejoice. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, shout salvation full and free, highest here.